Come, Holy Ghost, and comfort us with thy abiding presence. Amen. Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ saith unto all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is a true saying and worthy of all to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If anyone sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the perfect offering for our sins and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. In every communion liturgy, in our prayer book tradition, except for right to, in our current prayer book, those words have been read after the confession and absolution of sin. They are known as the comfortable words. In the first prayer book, which was published in 1549, there had never before been the practice of what we would call the general confession. That's the confession that we all say together before receiving communion. Prior to this, confession was always done individually with a priest. However, at the time, in the 1500s, there was a good and godly sense that we ought not approach the Lord's table if we have not taken seriously the call to repentance and reconciliation. And so for many of the faithful in the 1500s, this raised some concerns. Is the prayer that we all pray together sufficient preparation before we receive communion? The answer is, of course. But people at the time were unsure, and they needed to assurance of this. And so the comfortable words were added to comfort and assure us of our forgiven and redeemed status before God. For centuries, our Anglican heritage has been shaped by these comfortable words heard Sunday after Sunday. And this is what good liturgy does. It forms and bolsters us in our faith. It's just a couple of words. Maybe it doesn't sound like much, but the faith we have inherited has trained us to find comfort in God. This is why, in part, the Episcopal Church is so insistent in proclaiming that God is love and that the way of faith is the way of love. This is why every time we gather for evensong, or funerals or weddings, people who are not a part of our tradition always say some version of, well, that was just so beautiful and moving and exactly what we needed. In our tradition, we are clear of God's love and mercy, and we communicate this through our liturgy, and the result is that so many people find comfort here. Now, I mention all of this because today is the Feast of Pentecost, when we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is not about the creation of the Holy Spirit or the first time the Spirit had ever moved. The Spirit has been active from before the beginning. But what is unique on this day is that the Holy Spirit is no longer like the wind that blows all around us. But for those who are in Christ, the Spirit now lives 
in us. The result of this intimacy of having the Spirit within us is where we find our comfort. In the reading from John, Jesus says, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of all I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And in many translations, instead of advocate, it's translated as comforter. And the Holy Spirit has often through the centuries been called the Holy Comforter in the same way that Jesus sometimes is called the Prince of Peace. But it's important that we understand what comfort means. C.S. Lewis has been called the world's most reluctant convert as he really did not want to go from atheism to faith. But he had no choice once he knew the grace of God. And he wrote, I did not go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly do not recommend Christianity. By comfort, if we mean leisure, being carefree and easy, then the Holy Spirit is no comforter at all. Rather, the Spirit is more of an instigator. The word comfort, in the time that it was used to introduce these comfortable words, had a meaning closer to strengthening. Calm is Latin for width, and fortis is Latin for strength. That's where we get our word fortress. So comfort is about being strengthened with, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And with God as our strength, we then find that peace that passes all understanding, even when we are challenged. And it's worth recognizing that the Holy Spirit comforts us not with warm fuzzies or platitudes, but with truth. We heard Jesus say that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Again, turning to Lewis, he wrote that if you look for truth, you may well find comfort in the end, but if you start out looking for comfort, you will get neither comfort nor truth, only wishful thinking and despair. The Holy Spirit comforts us by confronting us with the truth of God in Christ. But as we all know, sometimes the truth is hard to hear. As we heard in Romans, St. Paul writes, You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. We've been adopted by God, brought into God's family, and given the comforting truth of the gospel. From the very beginning, God has intended to bless the world. Whether or not it's how we would have chosen to bless the world is irrelevant. God's ways are better than ours. And so starting with Abraham... And then through Israel and perfected in Jesus, God blessed the world. And the Holy Spirit is how God has chosen to continue spreading this blessing in our own day. Being steeped in this comfort of God's truth is how we are blessed and how we can bless the world in God's name. And so what is the truth of God? Well, the first part of it is, Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. Goodness knows we are all heavy laden these days. We're dealing with a pandemic that just doesn't want to end. Because I was on vacation this past week, I wrote the sermon 
before I left for vacation, which was the day after the school shooting in Texas. I can tell you when I wrote this sermon, my heart was heavy, and it remains heavy. There's a war raging in Ukraine. We're going on over a hundred days now with horrendous stories coming from there. The economy is volatile, and we all have personal burdens like cancer, anxiety, addiction, aging parents, raising children. And so speaking to each of us directly, Jesus calls us to him to find refreshment. And you'll notice that there are no prerequisites on this coming to Jesus other than our neediness, the uncertain, the guilty, the sinful, the struggling, the full of ourselves, the hungry. Jesus calls us all to him to find comfort. That's what we call abundant grace. The next comforting truth is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, yes, I'm sure we've all heard that verse taken out of context to exclude people before, but it remains a passage of comfort. It assures us that God was not so disappointed with the world or so angry with the world, but rather that God so loved the world. And it's not that God loved this group of people or that group of people, but the whole world, meaning all of us. We are comforted in knowing that God's disposition towards us is love. There's a lovely poem by the English priest George Herbert that says, Love bade me welcome. This is the comfortable word of the gospel, that God's love is for us all, no matter what. Again, as we heard in Romans, we are heirs of God. The riches of God's blessing have been given to us in Christ. We are God's beloved children, and not a thing can change this. Now, sure, maybe we think, yeah, but I'm not good enough. Elsewhere, though, in Romans, St. Paul writes, God proves his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did not send the Son into the world because we deserved it or because we asked nicely, but because we were helpless, sick, and in need. This love is our comfort, our strength to know and to live as if all shall be well. Next, we are comforted when we hear that this is a true saying and worthy of all to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. As I've just mentioned, God's love comes to us because we need it, not because we earned it. Our neediness is met by God's love in Jesus. This is the truth that we heard Peter preaching about in Acts, that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. God knows us better than we know ourselves and has given us what we need in Jesus. And this gift of Jesus is ours through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. The peace, mercy, wisdom, and love of Jesus are ours forever. And truly, that is all we need. The all is also a great comfort and strength in this particular word. In the reading from Acts, we heard about that great crowd of people that was there on the day of Pentecost. St. Luke, who wrote Acts, includes such a great list of people 
representing the whole known world. And I love that he mentions that there were Medes there. That's what you call literary license. Luke is making a point, because at this point in history, the Medes had been extinct for hundreds of years. You all know last week I was in DC. What if I told you I had lunch with George Washington while I was there? That's the point Luke is making. The Holy Spirit transcends space and time in the same way that God's love has no boundaries. And this is why that icon of Pentecost is so accurate in its portrayal, because it makes this exact point that Luke is making, that the boundaries of space and time, gender, socioeconomics, race, and politics are all bridged by the Holy Spirit. This is a great comfort because it means that we can never be excluded from the family of God. It strengthens us to always pursue a deeper, beloved community. The final comfortable word is if anyone sins, we have an advocate or a comforter with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the perfect offering for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. In other words, because of Jesus, there is nothing, nothing that stands between us and God. Not our sins, not our doubts, not our mistakes, not even our death. And this reconciling love of God is not an abstract idea. It is seen through the perfect offering of Jesus on the cross. Our ultimate comfort is the cross of Christ cross of Christ that shows us just how truly and deeply we are loved by God and just how much God is for us. Because of the cross, there is no question regarding our status before God. We are loved, redeemed, and set free to love and serve the Lord. The way of the cross is the way of life. The cross shows us the grain of the universe, the all-surpassing and comforting love of God. And with this comfortable word, we are reminded that God's blessing does not mean that there is no suffering or challenges. Rather, we are assured that when we face difficulties, that is not God's wrath, but rather an instance to rely on the Holy Spirit to be our guide. Sometimes our suffering is self-inflicted, and that is the Holy Spirit calling us to turn around. Sometimes our suffering is accidental, and that is an occasion to rely on God's grace more than our own strength. But regardless of the type or the cause of our suffering, we are never orphaned. We always remain the children of God who is with us by the Holy Spirit. What a comfort this is, that the cross of Christ shows us that all that needs to be done has been done, and we have the gift of enjoying our forgiveness. The comfortable words come in the liturgy at a transition point, from the liturgy of the Word to the liturgy of the Eucharist. And the next significant thing that the celebrant says after the comfortable words comes at the altar, when we are told to lift up your hearts. That's what the Holy Spirit, as our comforter, enables us to do. When we are discouraged, we have the Holy Spirit to give us hope and strength 
to be assured of our salvation and to proclaim the message of peace to all the world in Jesus' name. This is what we need and what our world needs. Christians who do not sink into despair or to the lowest common denominator, but rather followers of Jesus who have our hearts firmly fixed in the love of God. With the Holy Spirit as our comforter, let us always lift up our hearts.